I appreciate Alyssa having an Orange Sox interview by phone with me about her daughter Kimber, who has Prader-Willi syndrome. So, so Alyssa, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me. I'm I'm excited to to learn your story. Uh, when did you find out that uh, Kimber had Prader-Willi? So Kimber was actually born premature, and that's not typical of Prader-Willi syndrome. But she was born about two months early. Right away, it was pretty apparent that something was wrong. She was much, much smaller than they had estimated on ultrasound. She was very limp, and she slept like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They could take blood, they could give her shots, give her baths, and she'd sleep through the whole thing. So for the first week, my pediatrician was like, you know what, it's been kind of a traumatic birth. Let's go ahead and let her just kind of rest and see if she pulls out of this. And at about day seven, he was like, okay, this is weird, and we need to send you, you know, off to another hospital. So two months later, we were discharged from the NICU. We didn't have very many answers. And in fact, they told us that they didn't expect Kimber to live past six months, just based on the symptoms that she was showing and how low her muscle tone was. She was just completely a rag doll. And so we were sent home with the G-tube and we had a couple tests out there waiting for answers. But we had been home for a couple weeks and the geneticist called me and told me that she had Prader-Willi syndrome, which was actually it was sad, but it was kind of happy for us because we were told that she wouldn't live past six months. And now we're told that, yep, she's going to live, um, you know, a pretty average lifespan. And there are some challenges, but we got to have our little girl. So I think that kind of softened the blow of the diagnosis a little bit. Sure. So what what have been some of the hard things in, uh, in caring for Kimber? It's hard to watch her work twice as hard to do something that comes so easily to a kid. On the one hand, I'm proud of her for being so completely stubborn and just determined to do what she does. But, you know, everyday tasks for Kimber are very difficult. She also, just complications of the syndrome include some food issues. The kids with Prader-Willi syndrome don't have the connection between their brain and their stomach to tell them when they're full. So Kimber thinks that she's hungry all the time. So we lock our fridge. We have very strict dietary guidelines. She's on a very strict medical diet. And so she eats at certain times and that's when we eat. We don't eat any other time of the day. And that's kind of different for a lot of people to come to our house and kind of get used to those different kind of structures. So so what are some of the, the, uh, the joys that Kimber is, has brought with her? man, that's going to make me cry. (laughs) Because when we got the diagnosis, we were told that Kimber, that life was going to be very hard and very challenging. And that basically that Kimber was going to be a burden on our family. We needed to prepare ourselves for it. And they couldn't have been more wrong because Kimber is just, she is absolutely hilarious. Um, We were told that she wouldn't show much emotion and that she would struggle to talk and and that she would struggle to uh, walk and do a bunch of things that typical kids do. And she has the vocabulary of an adult and uses it very well and gets all of us laughing so hard. Um, She's also incredibly sweet and just is so concerned about others' needs. And she's just a sweetheart and she's so much fun and I can't imagine our life without Kimber. Um, I should have asked this uh, previously. Do you have other children? Yes. So we have, Kimber was our first, and then we have an 18-month-old little boy, Brady. And I think that having Kimber be the first child was kind of, I mean, it was a rough way to start because it was very intense. But in the same sense, we didn't know any different. You know, we didn't know what it's like to have a kid that doesn't have four to five therapy appointments a week. Like, 
you know, it was just normal for us to feed a baby through a feeding tube. I didn't really know anything different. So when we had Brady, that was a huge, it was kind of a shock for me to go through this second morning period that I didn't know was coming just to see how easily it was for Brady to eat a meal and how easy it was for him to roll over and do stuff like that. It was kind of a different experience. And I think that if I had had that previously, it might have been harder to watch Kimber struggle so much. So it's been interesting having the two, but he pushes her and she wants to be the big sister. And so having Brady has been like the best thing for her because she's so determined to be the big sister and do everything that Brady does and do it better. And so it's funny to watch them. That's great. What has been the impact of Kimber's life on the rest of your family, your immediate family, your friends, your your, your neighbors? Um, how has she affected them? We're very fortunate. I talk to other families across the nation and across the world, and a lot of times it seems like they struggle getting friends and family to understand the limitations of Kimber's syndrome, but particularly the dietary restrictions. We live in a society where if you love a kid and you want to show a kid that you love them, you get them a piece of candy. And so it's kind of different for our family because, you know, Halloween, how do you do Halloween if if you don't do candy, you know? Just little stuff like that that I'd never thought about before all of a sudden I was stressing over with Kimber. And our community just has really rallied around her and Halloween, everybody has some non-edible items for Kimber, and we've had the opportunity to go speak to different schools. There's a university close by, and and we're able to go up there on a fairly regular basis and speak to the students there that are, you know, going into special education, and they get a chance to kind of meet Kimber and, and talk to her and hear what it's like to live with the challenges of having a child with a disability. We've also been able to talk to, like, the middle schools and other schools. Um, Their science classes usually invite us in when there's a genetic chapter and we get to talk to them about Kimber. And I've had so many parents come up to me later in the grocery store or whatever and just say, are you Kimber's mom? And, you know, my student so-and-so says that they absolutely loved your presentation and they want to go into special education now and they want to, you know, work with kids with special needs. And so I I love that she's been able to be an advocate not only for kids with Prader-Willi syndrome, but, but just kids with special needs because I think that the society that we live in, people have a certain image in their mind of what, you know, a kid that has a disorder is going to look like like and act like and and Kimber just kind of blows all of those little stigmas out of the water. She's just incredible. So it's been we've had so much support from family and friends and people are always, you know, asking how can we, you know, make this safe for Kimber. When we go over for barbecues I get text messages, you know, what what can I have in place so that Kimber's comfortable and, and what kind of food should I be serving so that Kimber's safe and so we've been very fortunate. And she's four years old and she so is. and uh, uh Nothing that you were told uh, has has come about. She's completely different than what what was predicted by uh, the I guess the medical establishment for for her and others. Uh, that's wonderful, and what what a wonderful story and great service that you're providing uh, to educate the community. I think that's 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 terrific. If if I were to if I were to come to you just having received the diagnosis that my child has Prader Willi, what advice would you give me? Oh. That's a good question. I looked at pictures of myself, you know, during that process where we were trying to get a diagnosis and we have video clips and stuff. And sometimes I just want to reach through the screen and just tell myself, hang on, it's going to be okay. I would just say to don't stop dreaming. 
for your kid. That was the hardest thing was to listen to people just tell me all the things that she wouldn't do, that she couldn't do. And we chose to just kind of ignore those. And we push Kimber and until she shows us that she can't do something, we expect her to do it. And every single time she's risen to the occasion and she has her own goals and her own dreams and we're going to help her find a way to accomplish those. These kids are just incredible and they are so determined that if you don't limit them, they're not going to limit themselves. So I would just tell the new parent to just hang in there and the first year is hard while you're learning all about the special needs community and all of the different services and acronyms and all of that, but it's it's an incredible little journey that we're on, and she's taught us so much about what it's like to really love deeply and unconditionally, and what it means to just endure to the end and fight for what you want and what you love. Great advice. Wonderful advice. Any final thoughts? Oh, I don't think so. I just think that these kids are just... I think the important thing to remember is that any kid with any disability is still, they're just kids. They just want to be loved. They want to be a part of everything. And they don't they don't see the limitations. So we as parents um, need to try to help them, you know, accomplish what they want to. There's there's no reason to treat them any differently than any other kid. That's, that's wonderful. Alyssa, thank you for taking the time to speak with me about uh, Kimber. What an honor to meet you by phone, uh, but uh, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for giving me the opportunity.